Rosen, I'm here with another fun-filled episode of that 4K podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about financial advisors and how they need to value TPAs and retirement plan design. First things first, that 4KSite.com for further information on all events. Next week, plan sponsor conference, January plan virtual, uh, plan provider virtual conference, live events in Texas, and... Uh, Bronx, New York. Many thanks to Kina Mutual for being the first um, sponsor of the Arlington, Texas event on May the 3rd. And uh, of course, go there, a whole bunch of articles and all that kind of stuff. Um, back around 45 years ago, uh, we the beer market was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it was mass-produced, mass-marketed business that offered, in my opinion, very low-quality, light beer. Um, I don't remember the first time I drank beer. Um, it might have been when I was 17 on a teen tour of Europe. Probably that was it. Uh, funny story about beer was um, when I went to day school, we didn't have hot lunches. You had to bring your own lunch. Uh, you know, you pay private tuition, and you still, you know, have to bring your own lunch. And, you know, it was a Jewish day school, so uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it had to be dairy. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, you could bring meat. Uh, I never liked to eat lunch, um, just because, you know, I just didn't. Um, I don't know, I like to get lunch at a deli. Uh, since my mother wasn't going to give me a deli sandwich every day, um... I didn't eat much, but anyway, what was funny about that was uh, one day when I was in the third grade, you know, I usually got a can of Coke and that was it, and one day my mother uh, accidentally put in a Miller beer can, and so third grade, I'm, you know, bringing lunch to school and all of a sudden I see a beer can in my bag, and I quickly got rid of it. Uh, needless to say, in this day and age, uh, Child Protective Services would have been called, because uh, you know how we are. But the funny thing about beer was, you know, as a kid, you would see those Miller Lite commercials. And I used to love them because Ronnie Dangerfield was on them and all these sports celebrities, and they were all really kind of funny. You had Schlitz. It was one of the famous beer companies back in the day, and they went to cheaper ingredients and that kind of screwed around with their sales to the point where it's just, I think Schlitz went out of business and was owned by Strohs or whatever it is. But I tried beer, like I said, I think that team tour of Europe, you know, Europe is kind of different, no drinking age. So we got permission to drink. Uh, I remember the first time I was in a bar in Amsterdam and I had white wine and I tried Heineken. And what's interesting in, in, in the Netherlands is that, um, they actually have like a beer machine, kind of like a soda machine, where you, you know, put in a couple coins to get a soda. Well, these days now we have credit cards. But yeah, they had a Heineken beer, mach beer machine, and, uh, you know, I tried it, and then didn't, and then I tried some other beers. Um, Czechoslovakia had good stuff. Um, and then I think I went to Florida on my pa family trip, and my parents got me a Coors Light, you know. Weren't really pushing underage drinking, but here and there, and obviously college. Um, but you know, in college, you want to get the cheapest beer. 
but uh, towards my junior year or senior year, I think it was, I tried uh, Sam Adams beer. The guy, Sam Adams, Jim Cook, created the company in 1984 using an old family recipe for uh, lager beer. Uh, he did a lot of advertising on the Howard Stern show, so I tried it. I had a friend of mine say, you're not going to like it, you're not going to like it, and I loved it. Um, but, you know, Boston Beer Company, which I'm a shareholder of, and of course I'm about like 40% underwater. Um, it's, uh, you know, it really changed the game in terms of uh, beer. Um, it created this whole microbrewery um, where, to the point in my in the village that I in the village that I live we've got 30,000 residents and we actually have three microbreweries so thanks to Sam Adams we have a whole microbrewery revolution and great beer quality my favorite bar in the world is Croxley's Croxley's Ales multiple locations the one Rockville Center has so many beers on tap food's really good uh, which um, doesn't give me a, a lot of good to talk about it since uh, I'm on this whole liquid diet thing for uh, a medical uh, procedure tomorrow. I don't want to bore you with the details. It's a routine medical procedure, and I just don't want to talk about the prep. But um, yeah, I shouldn't be talking about food now, but Croxley's Ale is a great restaurant, and my, one of my favorite things about it is it says it on the beer lineup, no Miller, Coors, or Bud like that. So anyway, beer is become an art form in the sense, you know, so many different styles of beer. Uh, big shout out to Scotch Ale, um, Honey Porter. Of course, I like the Sam Adams, you know, styles that are no longer used. Um, but it's an art form. And I think that when it comes to art forms, I think that financial advisors need to value uh, TPAs and retirement plan design. Uh, too often in the retirement plan business, we would have advisors. They would merely go to a TPA who had referred them business, or they go to the cheapest provider, and that was it. You know, you'd have advisors, and they'd bring all their plans to a certain TPA. Uh, we all know it's a you know, turn in the punch bowl, as they always say, as I always say, of course. And one of the intricate details of the whole payroll provider TPA businesses. A lot of times the plans that these TPAs have have no financial advisors so they refer it out to other financial to financial advisors out there in the hopes that they can get business out of it. But when it comes to the role of the TPA, very few people you know forget what it's all about. Uh, you know obviously advisors who aren't very experienced very well with it just, uh, you know, they think they all they do is record-keeping discrimination tests. Very few um, plan sponsors and their advisors understand the value of a good TPA and their role in the time of plan design. There are many TPAs out there that are like, you know, Budweiser and Miller and Schlitz and Strohs and Coors um, who churn out retirement plan designs and try to fit one size fits all, you know, uh, comp to comp, no safe harbor, uh, you know, that kind of gobbledygook. And you really can't churn it out like that. Uh, I think it was one of the interesting things talking about beer again was so I was 21 and uh, my 
my sister was going for her orientation to Boston University, and I had nothing to do. I was going to sit for orientation. I went on a tour of Boston Garden, and then I went and found um, the Boston Beer Company had a, a tour. And, uh, you know, it's an old brewery. The uh, tea stop was Stony Brook, which, is, you know, for everybody knows, I went to Stony Brook University in Stony Brook, New York, so it was kind of funny here to see that. But anyway, it was an old brewery that they really didn't do much work over there because what people don't understand is um, Sam Adams works with a lot of contract breweries where they have, I think Sam Adams has a brewery in Cincinnati, but in, in one Massachusetts, but a lot of it is where they lease out space and brew the beer there. So anyway, uh, their, brew, their, their beer sometimes sits in the tanks for, you know, about a month. And Bud sits in the tanks for eight hours. So, you know, there are TPAs out there that, again, one size fits all. And there are TPAs out there that understand the true nature that one size can't fit all. Every plant sponsor is different. We all know that a medical practice and a law firm are going to have different de demographics than a fast food restaurant. You know, I know somebody who does a lot of uh, advisory work for Chick-fil-A's. Chick-fil-A's got a lot of people working, you know, 15 hour, $15 an hour jobs. You got managers, general managers make a lot more. Uh, obviously their needs are different than, um, you know, law firms that have associates making, you know, $150,000 or more. And, you know, plan design can obviously maximize contributions to highly compensated employees as well as preserve, you know, ditch the, the need to, you know, offer refunds and fail discrimination tests and here, here and there and whatnot. So, you know, retirement plan design can maximize employer contributions and tax deductions and savings. Uh, you're only as good as your team uh, in sports and business. I mean, that's really true. Uh, you're with a poor team, it's going to cost you. And, uh, you know, uh, I know that sometimes I was only good as an arts attorney if my fellow employees were good as well. So, uh, you know, knocking out plain documents is one thing, but when you have a poor team surrounded by you, you have to, you know, it affects your job. You know, uh, a lot of my job was putting out fires caused by our plan administrators who screw things up. Um, I remember one job I had absolutely no office staff to help me, so I was out there back in the day of making copies and binding documents and whatnot. I could never use the binding machine. I used the gumming machine, which was idiotic, uh, because um, IRS agents hated it because they like to scan things and you have gumming things. They just wanted the plain document in a pure form. These days, obviously, you do PDF and whatnot. So. Uh, advisors just can't be ho-hum about things anymore. Uh, you know, they don't need to become experts in retirement plan design, but they need to be part of a team that does. Um, you know, they don't have to know uh, how to do an ADP test or an ACP test or a top-heavy test. Um, they have to understand that these are concepts and understand um, that they need to have an idea about it. Uh, Richard Larita, of course, was the greatest salesperson I ever knew, in my opinion. 
uh, Rich, you know, like I always say, could spot, spell 401k. He, if you spotted him in the four, the O, the one, and the K. That's my joke in the sense that he had very, very limited knowledge about retirement plans, but he would bring in people like me to help him in the sales call because he knew that, you know, I talked English. You know, we always had an actuary, at, at, you know, by us that uh, you couldn't bring to, you know, meetings because, you know, kind of remind you of uh, the, you know, doctor that Jack Elam played in Cannonball Run in one and two. But, you know, advisor, you know, needs to have a team approach working with other plan providers like a TPA, like an ERISA attorney who, uh, you know, will figure all things out for them. Uh, a good TPA will administer, you know, obviously record the plan correctly, which will, of course, minimize fiduciary liability um, and plan sanctions and disqualifications. Uh, I do have a plan right now during an audit that is on the verge of plan disqualification unless plan sponsor agrees to fix up a huge mess but uh, you know again plan design is one of the TPA's best uh, jobs out there uh, it's like logic in ninth grade math it's putting a complicated puzzle together and requiring a thorough proposal too often you know we have these payroll providers that don't do a bang-up job they think you know what I'll do a safe harbor um, safe harbor design where there's no possibility of failing, maybe a way of throwing money out the door. Same thing is with uh, a comp to comp plan design. The plan is failing discrimination testing. Uh, there's so many intricate things that are going on. Um, and, uh, you know, a good you know, risk attorney and a CPA will obviously sit down with a plan sponsor review their needs for a new plan or, you know, improving an existing one. I've always talked about, you know, plans out there that I've gone to sales meetings and, and helped fix because the, the current provider uh, just didn't have that knowledge. Um, it's it's a, it, it's like uh, ninth grade math. Uh, I don't know, with New York, it's changed. But when I went to school in New York, integrated mathematics so it was a little geometry a little this a little that now it's back to the way it was before it was integrated where it's you know one year's algebra one year's geometry which i think kind of makes sense but anyway an integrated math i remember the ninth grade logic puzzles and then that's kind of how plain design is it's all logical it's all that you know it's all based on you know if then you know if plan sponsor will fail discrimination testing, you know, maybe offer a safe harbor plan design. If they pass it with flying colors, maybe that's not a good idea. Uh, safe harbor's not for everybody, uh, especially if they can't afford it. But, you know, retirement plans really need to be tailored like suits. Uh, like I said, law firms got their, their graphics than a fast food restaurant. A fast food restaurant, you may do automatic enrollment. Uh, law firm, you may offer a safe harbor, new comp design, and exclude associate attorneys from one or the other. Um, one of my perfect examples is I had a client, uh, and you know, I came in to close the deal for Rich and the advisor, and what had happened was is that uh, they were with uh, one of the payroll providers and the owner of the company. She was making twelve grand a year. 
she got a ten and a half thousand dollar refund and I'm reading the discrimination test and it just says, you know, look at you got a QNAC over here and the QNAC is only seven grand. So to make seven grand contribution, the woman avoids a ten and a half thousand dollar refund. It was a no brainer. So they were a long term client as a result uh, of our TPA. You know, seven grand is, is more than is certainly less than ten. Um, another example is uh, had an attorney. He had a SEP. He got a half a million dollar settlement, or whatever it was. And he said, "Is there anything better out there that he could save for thirty thousand dollars?" And I said, "How old are you?" He said he was seventy-five. So I said, "Well, you know, a defined benefit plan really works well." Um, because you're past NRA, so you front load the contribution, and I think he walked away that year with a $300,000 tax deduction off a half a million dollar salary. Now, a half a million dollar salary, you take away 300 grand, that's taxable income of 200 grand. Um, if you did nothing and just did a SEP, that's taxable income of $470,000. So, you know, employers that don't have uh, an efficient plan design that maximizes contributions means they don't maximize tax deductions, you know, paying more to Uncle Sam. But listen, Uncle Sam, uh, billions and billions of dollars in debt, but, you know, again, let somebody else pay for it, you know, if you, if you don't have to yourself. So there are obviously, you know, the value of a good TPA is it's not just 401k. A lot of you know payroll provider TPAs. That's all they know. They don't have anything else. Um, and a lot of times, a cash balance plan works really well. Uh, you could put you know safe harbor or you know have the non highly's got a safe harbor contribution there or a contribution in cash balance, and it's a great method. Um, many years ago, I first started the business. Um, I was part of the, uh, you know, sponsor of the 401k recon events, which I, I forget what their name is now. They kind of, you know, uh, but they started out. Uh, Ross Marino, who's a great guy, started out with these, you know, forums at Maggiano restaurants around the country. And I have to say, Maggiano's for Italian food is pretty good. Um, they actually have one by us in Garden City now. Uh, I haven't gone, but anyway. I used to do these events, and you would do it locally, you know, regionally. Um, I did drive as far as um, King of Prussia uh, to do these events, and um, they were fun to do in terms of meeting people, in terms of getting uh, the ability to speak. Um, and, you know, helping, you know, when you, when you speak a lot to, you know, a lot of audiences, it obviously helps you as a speaker. And I would do these events with Carlos Terreche, uh, which is, he's now was Future Plan, Kravitz. Uh, well, he started with Kravitz, and I still think they're part of, I still think they're known as Kravitz, but, you know, they were bought out. Uh, but Carlos, who still handles that whole New York Massachusetts area. I've known Carlos since the very, very old days of CBIS Retirement Services, Inc. And Carlos would do these 401k recon events. And uh, I always joke with Dan Kravitz uh, and Steve Sansone, you know, back in the day. And Carlos was always the most popular guy in the room. 
uh, the ball of the dance, you know, the girl at the ball of the dance, because he would, you know, talk about these huge contributions and huge deductions by simply by employing a cash balance plan. So uh, that always kind of reminds me. So it's really important to work with a TPA who knows cash balance, who knows cross-tested allocations, who knows about floor offsets. Um, because it's all about doing right by the client, not doing right by you. And I think there are too many advisors out there, not, a, not, a, not like it used to be, you know, I want to say 20 some odd years ago, you would have advisors who just didn't care about the plan or the client, they just wanted it all this one TPA and that's it. And, you know, the needs of the client outweighed your needs. And I believe for most plan sponsors out there, the needs are a quality CPA who understands retirement plan design. And, you know, for better or worse, the financial advisor is the most leaned on plan provider. And that's why it's important for them to understand uh, their role and to understand the nature of plan designs. So uh, that's it um, for an episode of that 4K podcast. And tune in next week for another fun-filled episode. And, of course, go to that 4 site.com for further information on all of